Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Chance Storland, and this is the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. And I'm joined now once again by San Antonio Express News sports writer Tom Orsborne. And Tom, what a delight. We get to talk. Um, I don't know if we've been in this situation exactly before. Uh, it's not like the Spurs haven't won a few games uh, in a row before, but six straight wins following that abysmal rodeo road trip. What is going on? Tell me, Tom. Yeah, it's a, it's been a season. Uh, I don't think it's an overstatement to say it's been a season-saving stretch for them. Uh, coming out of that rodeo road trip, chance they were they were floundering. Uh, you know, they had, they had lost um, uh, you know one of set, one of eight on the road trip, and uh, you know they're in they're in danger of um, uh, losing a playoff position at that point. Uh, so yeah, the playoffs were on the line, and, and here they are reeling off uh, six in a row. Um, and they've beaten some quality opponents. That's that's the best thing about it. Oklahoma City, uh, Denver, they beat them at home. Milwaukee, of course, last Sunday. Those were all quality wins. Although, as is as is the case with any NBA game, you have to factor in scheduling. You know, Milwaukee, of course. Uh, had to fly from Milwaukee to San Antonio um, right after they played the night before. They played Charlotte the night before. Then they had to deal with the time change. Uh, the Spurs placed Oklahoma, faced Oklahoma City without Paul George, uh, one of the NBA's uh, top offensive players. So, yeah, you factor all those things in, but that's the NBA regular season schedule. Still, they won those games, and, yeah, they're they're in good shape right now. Um, uh, in sixth place in the West and, uh, got some momentum. It's, it's very much, it's very much right now looking like a usual Greg Popovich team that peaks at the right time of the year as a playoffs approach. And, and that certainly seems to be what's happening. We'll talk more specifically about the most recent Dallas game here in a moment, but to, to go back over some of those victories, as you mentioned, you know, there are different things at play at times. Um, but aside from the one game against Denver where they won only by a point, uh, none of them were that close other than that. And when they played Milwaukee, they faced off against one of their former teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Pal Gasol came down and, and, uh, um, you know, as Mike Finger, our, our very, very fine, great columnist, pointed out, Pal really helped the Spurs that night. Uh, he he did not uh, have a good game. When he, when he entered the game, uh, the, the Bucks had a, a comfortable lead. By the time he was out of the game, uh, the Spurs, I believe, were either uh, uh, within striking distance or had the lead. So his stint on the court uh, wasn't a memorable one in his, in his return to San Antonio. But... With that said, everyone enjoyed seeing Powell. He left here on great terms with the coaching staff and his teammates, uh, all of whom, uh, you know, call him a great professional, a guy who really, 
really uh, tried to always do things the right way and really tried to make the team better, even when he wasn't playing. Uh, he was he was one to to use his 17 uh, years in the league and and um, uh, his age, 38 years uh, old, to to mentor the younger players and and Derek White, who we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, uh, Chance. You know, he sat next to Powell. Their lockers were next to each other at the practice facility, and, and Derek spoke uh, very highly of the mentoring and just the, the sharing of time and, and generosity that Powell uh, had toward him and all all the other Spurs. So it was good to see him. So let's break down a little bit of uh, what happened uh, against Dallas. This was a, a good win, wasn't super close or anything, but also this was a fun game because it might have been, uh, I, I, yeah, still superstar, still star. Uh, they're, they're big German player. This might be the last time. Yeah, yeah, Dirk Nowinski. Uh, of course, that, that, uh, that was one of the storylines of this game. Uh, Dirk is is uh, beloved around the league um, and, and will always be remembered as one of the great, well, the greatest foreign born player. Uh, he uh, had eight points um, and uh, hit a couple of threes, uh, which reminded everyone of what he was so good at. So uh, yeah, that was one of the storylines of this game. And um, you know, Dirk, they're going to get a chance to see him again, possibly, on April 10th in the season finale in San Antonio. Um, but you never know, you know, injuries factor in and, and, uh, this, this was just a special game in terms of them being able to, uh, see him again and, and, uh, play against a guy who's given the Spurs fits over the years. Those teams have had some memorable, memorable, uh, matchups, uh, uh, some great playoff matchups. So it was, it was good to see him and, uh, uh, Dirk um, will go down as one of the greatest. Uh, like I said, he's he's the best international player the game has ever seen. Uh, of course, the Mavericks have an up-and-coming international player in Luka Doncic, uh, who had a very poor game chance against the Spurs. 12 points. He's one of his worst. Uh, he's a rookie, so it's one of his worst games in the NBA. Uh, missed 13 of 18 shots. Uh, just very uncharacteristic of him, but he was playing with a knee injury. And and there again, like I was telling you, the 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 NBA, there's so many factors that go into win and losing during the regular season. Probably would have been a much better game had he been uh, healthy. But again, the Spurs took care of business, which is what they they've been doing during this winning streak. So now looking forward to some uh, upcoming games. They have a back-to-back against the Knicks and the Blazers on this uh, upcoming Friday and Saturday. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, that Knicks game uh, has been circled for a while and not in terms of uh, star power or, you know, great rivalry or anything like that. But the Spurs, uh, uh, one of their worst losses of the season uh, came on February 24th, next to last game of the rodeo road trip. They lost in New York to the Knicks, uh, one of the worst teams in the league. They had a they had a, a long the Knicks had a long home losing streak at Madison Square Garden going into that game, and the Spurs lost. Uh, um, you know, so they they they, but you know, it's funny they're they're playing great against the better teams in the league. They've beaten, I think. Every top team in the East and the West, but 
they floundered against some of the worst teams in the league. So that was an embarrassing loss. So they need, they need to make up for it with a win. And then you're in a back-to-back situation. It's the second to the last back-to-back of the season. The next game, they play the Trailblazers, uh, you know, uh, a team that they potentially could see in the playoffs. So uh, they need to win that one and and uh, establish the upper hand against the Trailblazers. But it'll be it'll be a tough situation on the back-to-back. I, the big thing there, Chance, is to look at will Pop rest anyone against the Knicks? You know, um, it'd be an ideal situation under normal circumstances to maybe say give LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan a night off and let them rest here for the stretch run. But and then again, they lost to the Knicks. So um, I don't know. It's going to be a tough call, but I would think he may. You know, Pop usually uh, gives these guys a break when he can in back-to-back situations. So I would think one of those guys might get the night off. Um, they've both, both been playing very well lately. Uh, DeRozan has turned the corner from his slump that he experienced in January. Um, I did a story on him recently uh, talking about how much his left knee was bothering him and his reluctantly taking five games off um, over the course of the end of January and, and early February really helped him get back on track. So, but you know, both those guys could use a break and, uh, it'll be interesting to see if pop pulls the trigger and gives them the night off against the Knicks. Moving along here, Derek white is a name that's uh, come up quite often here on the podcast. Uh, really become this elite defender, and uh, I want to hear what your th- yeah. yeah, no, yeah, just take yeah. it away. What are your thoughts? Uh, what this means maybe for the rest of the season, and also you think next season when Dejounte Murray, a name that we haven't mentioned a lot on the podcast this season for obvious reasons, when he returns? Yeah, yeah, you know, I had the the privilege of watching uh, one of the best performances by a Spur this season uh, in Atlanta. On March 6th, um, it was an incredible performance by by um, Derek White. Um, he's guarding he's guarding uh, one of the best young players in the game in in Hawks rookie Trey Young, who was on an incredible offensive streak uh, uh, going into that game. Derek shut him down basically. Um, I believe that. Uh, Trey finished eight of 22 from the field. He scored 22 points, but uh, was very inefficient shooting wise. In fact, going into halftime in that game, he had missed. Uh, Trey Young had missed nine of 10 shots. He was totally bothered by Derek White's defense. Um, that was the biggest factor in, in Young uh, struggling to, to score in that game. Derek was just outstanding. And then on the offensive end. My gosh, uh, finished with 20-something points, um, uh, uh, I think nine, nine assists, um, and an astounding uh, six blocks for a guard. And that, that tied the Spurs' uh, franchise record for most blocks by a guard, something Danny Green, the great Danny Green, had set earlier um, in uh, Derek tied at chance. It was just a great perform, great all around performance. And in, in the fourth quarter in a close game, he just took over, um, you know, early in the season, DeMar DeRozan was the Spurs closer. 
You know, I think it's safe to say that Derek White now has that title. Uh, he was so great against the Hawks, um, scored nine points in that fourth quarter, had three straight uh, buckets during one stretch uh, that really uh, put the game, gave the Spurs control of the game. And then toward the end, um, it's, it's still a two-possession game. Spurs have a six-point lead, uh, 36 seconds left. Derek White's out on the perimeter. He finds uh, zeroes in on LaMarcus Aldridge under the basket in a mismatch situation. He's got a much smaller player defending him. Derek fires a laser pass to him uh, down low for an easy layup. And, and that just kind of underscores his development as a point guard, which, of course, brings us to next season. Um, DeJounte Murray uh, was the, the point guard going into this season. Um, he was injured in the preseason, suffered a, a season-ending knee injury. Derek took over, and slowly but surely, he's developed into a pretty good point guard. He's facilitating very well. He has a great balance of, of knowing when to attack the basket and when to get the ball to his teammate. So it'll be interesting what uh, the coaching staff does next season. Um, my guess is that they probably end up with DeJounte maybe back at point and Derek at off guard or maybe vice versa. But that backcourt, from a defensive standpoint, will just be outstanding. And I've talked to a couple of coaches, uh, opposing coaches, and, and, and a couple of the Spurs about that, um, you know, looking, looking to next season, what kind of a defensive force it will be with Derek White and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt. Uh, DeJounte was all, all NBA second team defense last season. And with those two guys with their length and, and their athletic athleticism, I mean, it's just a formidable duo, uh, that's really going to give the Spurs a very, very tough perimeter defense, something that they've lacked on uh, most of this season. And then finally here, Tom got a little bit time left uh, on today's episode uh dare i say could we talk about some predictions you know we've been kind of pulled back and forth uh by this spurs team this last season going up and down you're kind of wondering if the these six games really can mean anything because of that but it's it's looking good you've pointed out some reasons why maybe the victories need to be looked at with um nuances in mind but still six uh victories in a row Looking good. Obviously, you just made some points about next season. Uh, any thoughts about the remainder of the season so far? Well, um, you know, you look at you look at what they have coming up. Chance um, the the New York Portland game, the, the Knicks and the uh, Blazers on back to back nights. You know, I like their chances in that. Portland, Portland they're going to beat the Knicks. Uh, that's in a re- revenge game for them, so I like them there. It's going to be tough against the Blazers. Blazers are still battling for a playoff position as well, uh, uh, seeding. So, um, you know, right now the Blazers are fifth place. Uh, well, they're tied with the, the Oklahoma City Thunder for fifth. Uh, so, or actually fourth. So I could see them, uh, you know, moving up. That game's going to be important to them. Uh, then the Spurs get the Golden State Warriors at home. Um, you know, the Warriors have the, uh, have the Nuggets and the the red hot Houston Rockets nipping on their heels, so that that that's going to be a an important game for both teams. They get Miami um, uh, to close the four game homestand. Uh, Eric Spolstra always has uh, the Heat ready, and they usually have pretty pretty tough games with the Spurs. 
And then here, here, here comes a big test for the Spurs after that uh, four-game homestand. They're at Houston. They're at Boston. They're at Charlotte. Um, that's going to be that's going to tell the tale, I think, of the Spurs if they go back to what we've known of them this season. You know, struggling on the road. Um, and these are these are three teams that uh, certainly uh, need wins in those situations. Uh, that's that's going to tell us a lot. If the Spurs can keep the momentum going during that road trip, you you kind of want to, or you kind of have to start thinking, hey, maybe this team really can do some damage in in the playoffs because what the Spurs team has lacked all season has been uh, any kind of um, uh, moxie on the road. You know, that's where they've really struggled. So. If they can, if they can use these remaining, they have six remaining road games left. After that three-game stretch, uh, they have uh, the, the remaining three road games are at Denver, at at Washington, and at Cleveland. Um, so, if they can gain some momentum and show that they can win on the road during this stretch run, then you begin to think, hey, maybe this team can be a real dark horse in the playoffs. So that's that's going to be the test. How do they do in these remaining six road games, champ? And it'll it'll be really interesting to see. And thank you to San Antonio Express News sports writer Tom Orsborn for joining me for today's episode of the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. For the San Antonio Express News, I'm Chance Dorland.